Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, Heart of Dating peeps. So guess what? Y'all, we are in week five of our Heartbreak and Rejection series. And let me just say, the last few weeks, we have talked about some really incredible topics. To give you a brief recap of all that's been covered, I just want to go through each week really quickly. So we started the series with Alec Bevere, who shared his story of deep heartbreak and how God met him after a broken engagement. Y'all, this story was so vulnerable and amazing. Definitely go back and hear just Alec's rich wisdom. Now, following that, we had Dr. Margaret Nagib, an amazing psychologist on the show, to talk about breaking soul ties, which is a topic that not a lot of y'all knew about before this episode. Then in our third week, we welcomed Allison Fallon onto the show to talk about her story of abuse after being married to an abusive man who was actually also a pastor. And then finally last week, I shared my own personal story of abuse and also talked about the cycle of abuse as well as practical ways to know if you are being emotionally gaslighted. I just wanna take a quick second to personally thank every single person who listened to my solo episode. It was incredibly vulnerable for me and so many of you have reached out and just said the nicest, sweetest things and I've been so encouraged. So thank you so much for honoring me with that. Now, specifically, the last two weeks, we have addressed abusive and toxic people. And today, I want to give you the tools to know when to walk away from those kinds of people. But before we get into all of that and before I introduce our guests, I just want to share a few fun things first. My biggest announcement right now is that Friends, my new heartbreak program called Heartbreak to First Date is live. You can visit heartofdating.com forward slash shop to find out all of the details. Or conversely, if you're hearing this right now and the enrollment has closed to the program, then you can actually sign up to be a part of our next program by joining the waitlist at heartofdating.com forward slash heartbreak. Also, y'all, did you know we really want to hear from you? It's true. I love just hearing what you are loving and what you want more of. So the very best way you can do that would be to actually write us a review on iTunes in the Apple Podcast Store. You can do this by opening the Apple Podcast app, navigating to the Heart of Dating Podcast, scrolling to the bottom of the podcast page, ranking us five stars, see vous play, and then hitting the little button that says write a review. We really, really do read every single review and take them all to heart. So thank you guys for doing that. And thank you for helping us to continue to have new, fresh content and ideas. Okay, y'all. So you might remember in one of our earliest episodes of the podcast that we welcomed the amazing Gary Thomas onto the show to talk about infatuation and the myth of the soulmate. Y'all, that interview was straight up fire. Like, seriously. And now today, I am so thrilled to have Gary Thomas back to talk about his new book, When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. Gary Thomas is an incredible author and speaker and is well known for his ability to challenge and encourage the spiritual depth of those he comes encounter with. Now for anyone single or dating, I could not recommend more the book, The Sacred Search. And then after today, you have to go pick up his book, When to Walk Away. 
Gary has a Master of Arts in Systematic Theology as well as an Honorary Doctor of Divinity degree. He serves on the teaching team at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, and is an adjunct faculty member at Western Seminary in Portland. His books and ministry focus on spiritual formation, how we can integrate scripture, church history, and the time-tested wisdom of the Christian classics into our modern experience of faith. So y'all, today, me and Gary talk about practical ways to deal with toxic people. There is this common belief amidst the Christian faith that we really have to keep toxic people around in order to best love them. But today, Gary really brings us the actual biblical truth about that and talks specifically about the various different kinds of toxic people and how to spot them, as well as how to actually walk away from them. So get ready to be enlightened, convicted, and learn a whole heck of a lot today with the incredible Gary Thomas. Gary Thomas, it's such a pleasure to have you back on the Heart of Dating podcast this week. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me back. <laughs> so awesome. Your episode that we did when Heart of Dating was just starting, it was about a year and a half ago. I can't believe how much the time has flown, but this episode was definitely a listener favorite. So I just want to thank you for being willing to come back on again to talk about an even different topic, but also just for the first time talking about infatuation, the myth of the soulmate, a lot of it from your book, The Sacred Search. And it was just, it's impacted people so much. So thank you so much for what you shared that time. Well, I'm I'm grateful to you, Kate, that you have put together this community that addresses this issue. I, I again, <laughs> the older I get, the more important I realize this decision is made, and yeah. and somebody like you that is gathering this understanding and wisdom and encouragement for people making a very important decision. I thank God for you and a. Appreciate what you're doing. Oh, that's so thank you so much for saying that. You know, I it's such an honor and it's so fun to be able to do this and just have awesome conversations with people like you and some of the other guests we have on. And I'll just let you know, we I do always recommend resources to people for dating and books and stuff, but the Sacred Search is probably like the number one book I recommend over and over. Um, just so I just want you to know that. Okay. So it's a definitely one that we're like, okay. Have you read the Sacred Search? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so thank you for writing that book and blessing all of us singles with all the content in that book. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, so now I'm really excited because you've just launched a new book, When to Walk Away. And I have to be honest, this is now going to be a new favorite of mine, Gary. So <laughs> would you do us a favor and share with all the listeners what is the premise of this book and what kind of inspired you to write it? The premise of the book is understanding how often Jesus walked away from toxic or close-minded people, mm. giving us permission, and in other passages where he directly teaches us, even the commandment for us to do the same. Mm. The premise for me is that I always thought that if there wasn't reconciliation in a relationship or if somebody was still resistant toward God or something, that, that there was something I had done wrong, something mm. I put them off or my experience was lacking, or maybe I wasn't walking just in, in hearing God correctly or some hidden sin or something. And then when I was hitting my head up against the wall in a toxic situation, mm -hmm. a very wise friend of mine, he's been a marriage and family therapist now for over 35 years, said, Gary, I want you to go into the book of Luke, count how many times Jesus walked away from others or let others walk away from him. 
Well, I'm, I, I don't know if I said this before. I'm not clinically OCD, but I live in the neighborhood right next door to it, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I feel you well, on that for sure. <laughs> when a counselor tells me to do that in the book of Luke, I've got to go to all four gospels. Hmm. And I counted 41 citations. Now, some of those would be the same instances because some of the gospels record the same occurrences. But there were still over a couple dozen times where Jesus interacted with someone and he ended up walking away when they asked him to, or they ended up walking away and Jesus didn't chase Mm. after them. And see, my whole life, I thought if I could just create this incredible offense, you know, know God's word, be surrendered to the Holy Spirit, walk in obedience, that, that like the Red Seas would part. And then I realized that, and, and what my, my friend was telling us that sometimes you have to play defense. He said, Gary, sometimes the best defense is just to walk away. And I always thought of walking away as a failure, but it's not. And I think this is so key for dating because some people say, well, if the relationship ends, I feel like it's a wait. No, sometimes walking away is a very mature and healthy and necessary act because walking away from an unhealthy relationship is the best way to walk toward a healthy one. That's so good. And to what you're saying, like, it's basically the cry of the people pleasers, like, oh, but like, but I, if I don't reconcile with them, or if I don't figure out how to bet, how to love them and continually show up for them, like I'm failing, you know, but at the end of the day, and that's like, I I hear so many people saying that I'm guilty of it as well myself. But I, I love how you say that, like allowing toxic people can like, it can actually, you said this in the book, can actually actually be offensive to God in some ways versus serving him. So why do you think that is? I, I know you explained it in the book, but I'd love for you to share that a bit. <laughs> One of the things, let, let me go back and say what yeah. you just said, because uh, some people may not be like us. They might say, what, what's your guys' problem? It's easy to walk <laughs> away from, from bullies. But for some of us, just I want you to know that you're not alone out there. Yeah. For some of us, if, if the analogy is that a toxic person has bad breath, my first thought is, God, would you please heal my nose? There, there's something <laughs> wrong with my nose. I'm being too sensitive. I don't want to think this person's sick. And the problem isn't my nose. The problem is that person's breath. And, and that's what the toxic person, it's almost God's warning. You need to know there's something wrong here mm. so that you can follow in the footsteps of Jesus and walk away. Mm. And the reason we need to, to go back to your question here, is that one of the p- markers of toxicity, if we get into it, is controlling. Yes. Uh, that. Mm-hmm. It's, that, that's, that's a top marker of a toxic individual. And it's the opposite of who God is, mm. because ultimately it's a play for your allegiance. As powerful as God is, as sovereign as God, as, as the fact that God is always right. We, we would, it would always be best for us to mm. do what God is telling us to do. Mm. always. So God could so easily control us because it would ultimately in one sense be for our good. But Mm. it's amazing to me how uncontrolling God is in scripture. The famous passage in Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. God lays it out. Here are the blessings, here are the curses. You got to make a choice. I hope you choose me, but it's your choice. And at the end of the Bible, you know, book of Revelation, he's knocking on the door. Whoever opens it in, he's going to go in with him. Or you see in the New Testament that while there are evidences of demonic possession, 
You never hear of God possession. Yeah. We're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's very different. Paul says the spirit of the prophets is subject to the control of the prophets. It's not a takeover mm-hmm. like you see with satanic oppression. And so, and, and then the whole example of Jesus walking away so many times from wow. others. So God, as powerful and as right as he is, is not controlling, but toxic people are determined. You will do what I want you to do. You will be what I want you to be. And I think in a dating relationship, Mm. some of your listeners may have experienced this where somebody acts like they're delighted in them Mm. and then make it their agenda on a daily basis. I'm going to turn you into the person I need you to be. Right. And, and that's a toxic control. That's not loving you. That's mm. I'm creating the kind of person that I think I need for my life to be happy. And, and they're doing to you what even God isn't willing to do, even though God is mm. completely benevolent, completely loving and 100 percent right. Here you have a person that is selfish, might be narcissistic and is frequently wrong. And yet they eventually want to control what you do. And who you are and control from another human is simply evil. Mm, so true. I think that we get so caught up in that, Gary, and myself included. I unfortunately have been in emotionally abusive relationships. And I feel like emotional abuse is something that's more subtle than maybe physical abuse. We talk about like physical abuse very outrightly. You know, you can recognize, oh, that was physically abusive. But emotional abuse, I feel like we don't really know as well how to recognize that and what you're talking about in this controlling behavior that is emotional abusive. And I loved in something you said in the book, whereas sometimes we put up with the the controlling behavior because we'll compare it to something like physical abuse. And we're like, well, we're not being physically abused in this relationship. So it can't be that bad, you know, but technically it it's so disorienting. And you bring up the, the term gaslighting in the book, which is my gosh, I feel like we need more awareness over that topic um, and that word and what that is and how it happens. So how can someone who is being controlled or manipulated by a toxic person in a relationship break free of that? How do, how do they do that? Do you think? Well, it's going to sound like a cliche because of the title of the book, but you've got to walk <laughs> yeah. away. And and you, you've got to not be concerned about the unhealthy response of unhealthy people mm. to healthy decisions. They will hate you. They will lie about you. They will misrepresent you. Uh, I, I have a whole chapter on, on Nehemiah about yeah. how he was attacked and slandered, and they were they were determined to control him. Mm. And when you get into the historical setting, some of it was just selfishness. One of the people was actually using the temple of God as a personal storage room. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of singles have, have it because we just got this from my daughter where you have those storage rooms, you're paying a monthly fee. And, yeah. and it's funny, even back then, this guy was using part of the temple for a storage room. And Nehemiah said, no. Any, anyway, um, but it's learning to say, you will not control me. And where I love at the end of Nehemiah, it's the last sentence in the book of Nehemiah where he says, remember me with favor, my God. And what I what, what's so freeing about that and 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 for singles to hear is it doesn't matter what the ex says about you or how they misrepresent you or whatnot. There is a freedom yeah. when you decide one person gets to pass judgment on me, and that's my heavenly father. Mm. He knows the situation. If I'm okay with him, I'm okay. 
a toxic person's opinion doesn't matter. I've got to be okay with unhealthy people not being okay with me Mm -hmm. because to be okay with a controlling person is to deny the Lordship of Jesus because Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to give the toxic person control instead of God. So it's only makes sense that they're going to be upset with me. Mm. And, and, and for a healthy marriage, let me, let me say this, you know, it's a healthy dating relationship when the person is delighted in you and wants to support you becoming the person that you believe God has created you to be. And if they're trying to turn, well, that's not what I need. I need a wife that will do this, or I need a husband that will do that. That's what starts to shrink our soul. And it will, it will be a part of your entire life. Uh, my wife and I are relatively recent empty nesters. So we're in a whole different stage of life. <laughs> yeah. But she was just sharing with me the other night about a possible new call in her life. She's been very concerned about nutrition mm. and health. And she heard about a job that she thinks she could get some training for and might really enjoy. In a healthy marriage, I'm not thinking, okay, what is this going to cost me? Or what does this mean about my schedule? Or that means I'm going to have to give her up to do this or that. It's that's tell me more. How can we do, how do we discern if this is what God is calling Mm. you to do? That that's the kind of relationship you want. This mutually encouraging relationship where I am determined that you be the person God has created you to be. Mm. And she's the best determiner. It's not like I've got to, you know, I I know what God wants you to be, but it's really discerning together. If God is calling you to this, that's all we need to know. Not what it means to me personally or us, but if this is God's call in your life, how do we make it happen? That's, that's the opposite of control. Yeah. That's so good. Like someone who's really going to support who you believe that God's calling you to be. And that's such a good marker. Like ask yourself that question in dating. Do by being with this person, am I getting closer to the person that God wants me to become? Am I encouraged in that yes. by this person? Or is it deterring me? Is it distracting me? Is it constantly getting me off kilter? That's like a really good litmus test there for people to ask themselves in dating. I, I, I want to requote you because I want... <laughs> Everybody to hear. I thought it was a great quote (laughs) where he said, is dating this person Mm. helping me become closer to the person God wants me to become? Mm. That's a healthy relationship. The controlling is doing the opposite where they're trying to make you the person they want you or need you to become. Right. So good. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is, that's such a good level for anyone right now. Like ask yourself this question as you enter into dating, like use that as a litmus test and be okay with if you realize the answer to the question is no, and you're really like far in the relationship, I would say like get a support team around you, you know, to get out of that relationship. Because oftentimes when someone's been controlled, if they've been controlled for a while, if someone listening right now is like, wow, I've been controlled for a while by this person. I don't know how I'm going to break through free. Sometimes you need some accountability in that, wouldn't you say, Gary? <laughs> some help along well, the way. Especially if there's even a hint that it could become physical, because sometimes controlling people yeah. may become violent. And then you want to deal with somebody who can help you affect a safe separation. Mm. Uh, if you have any notion at all that that's a possibility, uh, you you want to be strategic and and have counsel. Yes. So. To do that. But but I found and, and I know it sounds like a cliche and I'm not saying it's easy, but for a controlling person, the best thing is to walk away, say, you know what, we're done. I'm going to follow where God has called me to lead and 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 just have to be willing to accept 
They're not going to be good with it. And they being bad math me. But in the end, that doesn't mark who I am. What matters is Nehemiah, remember me with favor, my God. Yes. Not my ex. (laughs) Yeah. How does God see you? Not that person. And even in that, because I'm just going to speak from personal experience. If you do walk away from this toxic controlling person, know and have your defenses ready because they're probably going to reach back out and try to like try to get you back, hook you back in with some level of a manipulative means. And so you kind of have to be ready on on the defense with really strict boundaries because they're going to probably use those tactics. (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've found, okay, less is more mm. where somebody says, I just don't think you're doing what God wants you to say. Well, then I appreciate your prayers, but this is what's happening. Mm. And, and, and I found arguing just doesn't go very far, especially if I feel like there's been control. It's just like, this is at an end. I I'm not obligated to, to speak more. And now look, I, I get, if you've been in a relationship for two years, you owe a person an explanation for why it's coming to an end. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying you give them one sentence, but, but you get to that point where you say, I, I hear you, but we just disagree. And this is what's going to happen. And then you go, because that gaslighting that you talked mm. about, and if people don't know what that means, gaslighting is making somebody feel crazy yeah. for speaking the truth. Mm. Uh, they see something in you that they know is wrong and it is true that what they see in you, but they, they, they if you're gaslighting, you make them feel like they're crazy for thinking that mm. it's really just mind games yep. is what they're doing. And that's a, that's a, it, what they're doing is they're kind of murdering your sanity. They, yep. they almost make you, you have to believe something that you know can't possibly be true to believe them, but they make you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. And so, um, that's where I found interacting with them. Just it, it's just amazing to me that more interaction with a toxic person. Just I just feel like I get it's like quicksand. Yeah, you yeah. just get deeper and deeper <laughs> in, like and at some point, it's just you got to get out of the quicksand and just say, yeah, it's time yeah. to take a shower and go my own way. And something you say too um, in 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 the When to Walk Away book is so good that actually by continuing to allow these toxic people into our lives um, will actually infect us and hinder us from our mission for God. Will you help to explain that even further? Because I, th- I was so convicted by that and I was like, wow. Um, I think you talk about it in one of your favorite chapters. You say, I wish I could have written this chapter earlier, but would you just like go into some of that for us so we can understand what you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I found if I don't walk away from a toxic person, two things are happening. I'm I'm at high risk to become toxic myself. Mm. When somebody's trying to control me, I want to start controlling them. When someone's acting in a hateful way toward me, I'm tempted as never before to act hateful towards someone else. And so sometimes if you don't want to play their game, it's best just to walk away because it's really difficult mm not to respond in a toxic way to toxic people. And I'm never, it's never okay to act in a toxic way myself. Yeah. If control is evil, it's evil in any situation. So I don't want to do that. But secondly, what it does is it keeps me from the healthy, productive relationships. Mm. If you, um, second Timothy two, two, Paul says to Timothy to whatever I've given you, entrust reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. Mm. So the, the notion of spreading the faith is this thought of 
finding reliable people that you can give everything that you've received and best. It's, it's what you're doing with this podcast. Mm. You, you learn and you're trying to share it with others. Well, every moment you spend with a toxic person distracts you from finding the next guest, yeah. sharing with another friend, being in a healthy relationship, certainly being in a toxic dating relationship will keep you from ever being in a healthy marriage relationship. Yeah. Because you can't have a healthy marriage relationship with a toxic person. Yeah. So it's not just the immediate defense. It's how it keeps you from playing your correct offense because mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're caught up and you're, you're stained by the toxic person. You're distracted by the toxic person. And, and what we need to do is just to walk away and focus on what God has called us to do mm. and to be the kind of people that God has called us to be. Mm. So good because in by being with that person, it comes back to what we were just saying earlier. It's like that's taking away from our mission for God. It's like we are not able to be in healthy relationships. We're not able to live in our full identity as God created us to be. And it's it's like a giant distraction to your point. Like my mentors have my my main mentor has really counseled me like, Kate, in doing this ministry and doing Heart of Dating, you have to be really careful with the people you're letting in because the enemy is like, hey, I want to bring that down, you know? And so toxic people will be a great distraction. Toxic men will be an especially great distraction because that's like my Achilles heel. Like the enemy knows my Achilles heel is dating and men. And so if he can bring in these toxic people, it's going to take me away from focusing on heart of dating and bringing in good guests. And that's just my personal situation. But we have to realize that that's happening at play. And for so many of us in our lives, whether or not you're doing this kind of a ministry or whatever your specific call in your life is. Now, I just want to take a quick break in our episode to share with you our amazing sponsor for today. I sincerely and truly believe in the power of prayer. And when it comes to dating, friends, we can be intentional. We can be big and we can be bold with our prayers. God wants us to love him, spend time with him, and ask him boldly for the things on our heart. He just wants to be our best friend after all. So something personally that's helped me deepen my prayer life and make it consistent has been using the amazing Pray.com app, which happens to be the number one prayer app in the world. Using Pray.com, I've learned tactics for how to pray deeper. There are even themed prayers like meditative prayers and morning gratitude prayers and even releasing anger prayers, which let's be real, after some dating situations, we kind of need that, right? <laughs> You guys, you can even join community prayers and submit prayer requests, which I love. I also really love Pray.com because you can hear audio stories from the Bible, which makes listening to these stories really easy to digest and understand. My favorite thing is the bedtime stories. I listen to them before bed and they help me to wind down right as I'm falling asleep. Guys, get this. There are even inspirational audio content lessons from other amazing Christian leaders. It's amazing. So today, if you want to deepen your prayer life and have an interactive experience with the Bible, I want to encourage you to download the Pray.com app. All right, there is one more thing I want to share with you guys today that you're going to love. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence. One of my favorite ways that Denison Ministries is helping Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotionals, scripture, worship, and prayer. 
Now, we always talk about how singleness and dating is the perfect season to grow closer to God, right? I mean, it really is. We can't waste this time. We have to make the most of every moment that we have. We really do. The additional time that we have now needs to be spent growing closer to God as much as we possibly can. So if you hear me saying that right now and you're like, yeah, Kate, that's great and all, but I am busy, friend. Well, I hear you. I am also busy at doing awesome things as I'm sure you're doing too. But here's the deal. Can you not at least spend 15 minutes a day studying and being with God? I mean, that is at least a priority we should be making in our life right now. So friend, I want to encourage you to sign up for the First 15 email devotional that can be sent directly to your inbox at first15.org forward slash subscribe. Or you can even start your day off with the First 15 devotional podcast and listen to that anywhere that's convenient for you. Join me in doing this simple but really, really impactful discipline so we can together really begin pressing into knowing God in a bigger and better way in our singleness. I realized like, oh man, Lord, like I'm so thankful for the people that he's shown me that are toxic really early on. And so that's kind of bringing me to my next question actually is, you know, you talked about controlling and that being a nature of somebody who is toxic. But in the book, I know you talk about like three different types of toxic people or just qualities of toxic people. So controlling, that's a huge characteristic. How do other people recognize if someone is toxic because sometimes it's a little subtle or we're not really sure that it's actually happening. Well, a murderous spirit is another one. And that sounds like an overreach, but I'm not just talking about stabbing somebody in their heart. (laughs) Again, just as God is the opposite of controlling, he's the opposite of the murderous spirit. God is a God of life. He begins Mm -hmm. the Bible creating, ends the Bible creating the new heavens and new earth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the Life. Life. So (laughs) wherever God is, there, there's life and toxic people bring death. They destroy Mm -hmm. relationships. If you're dating a toxic person, they're trying to destroy your healthy relationships because they're threatened by your healthy relationships. They're going to get in a way with healthy friends and healthy family. I'm not talking about if they're supporting you with toxic relationships, Mm. but they may, if you have healthy relationships, they're going to turn you around. They're going to destroy your peace. Mm -hmm. They're going to destroy your joy. They're going to destroy your Mm self-esteem. They're going to be masters at finding little ways to undercut you and you leave them and you just don't feel very good about yourself. Mm -hmm. They're going to destroy your sanity. You're going to think they're lying and they're going to say, oh, you're crazy to think I'm lying. How could you think I'm lying when any objective person would think they're lying because they they kill, they destroy your peace. And here's what happens if you marry a toxic person. There's a story in the book of a woman who did. And and it's a very sad story. She got married to a guy and he was a narcissist. Mm. Basically, he 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 murdered her sense of esteem when he had an affair on her rather early on in their marriage. Strong Christian, oh, she decided God. she was going to forgive him. She showed incredible grace. But he kept murdering aspects of her life. He murdered her schedule. His job was the only one that mattered. So she had appointments in the evening. It didn't matter. She had to go where he needed her to go. Mm. He murdered her vocation in the sense of if he got a better job offer, he didn't even consider the clients that she had. She had to pick up and follow him. Mm. Um, he he murdered a sense of enjoyment, the, the budget they were on, and yet he would spend recklessly. And then when she found out that he was having another affair, she saw him with a coworker, and oh, she wow. could tell what was going on. And she told him, look, I forgave you once. 
but this isn't going to be a lifestyle. If you do this again, we're done. Well, he was in a job that had, well, they, they professed faith mm-hmm. and he knew it wouldn't do well for his job if he was found having an affair or if his wife and he got a divorce. So he started murdering a reputation and he used prayer requests. Oh, wow. You know, she's probably mentally ill. Can you pray for oh, my wife my that God would yeah. heal her? And so people would start asking her, are you okay? Are you, I mean, it was just like, until she, somebody confided what was going on. I mean, she was just appalled that he had created this vision of, of who she was until mm. he found some time. And the woman that she accused him of having an affair with was there as his special friend to help him through this difficult time with his oh ill wife. Gosh. Right. Yeah. And they, they got married like three hours after the divorce was final. <laughs> and so he murdered reputation. And then he, I, I I'll never forget the digital page I saw where he put the name of his new wife. He said, Mrs. John Doe. And that's what her name had oh been, gosh. you know, a month before. It's like she didn't exist anymore. And it just seemed one bizarre in the 21st century for a guy to introduce his wife that way. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but, but two, to do that, to take away from his previous one. And then he started challenging her ministry. You know, she's really not safe because if her ministry was still valid, mm. that would question why he would divorce her. So it wasn't enough that he broke up her home, that he broke up her schedule, that he broke up her marriage. He had to break up her future ministry because that would threaten his reputation. So he's been murdering aspects of her, her entire life. And so I would just ask the listeners who are dating, do you see that happening? Is he murdering your family relationships, your friend relationships, your sense of self-esteem, your peace? Is there more drama in your life? Are you, is your health affected? Mm. If you're seeing death, 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 you're dealing with a toxic person, a Mm. person who is healthy for you is a person who brings life and joy. You feel safe. You feel peace. You feel a certain sense of security there. Um, And so if you don't feel those things, that's a real toxic. And then the third one, I know I'm talking long here. No, I love it. I love it. (laughs) But this is the third one. The third one is I, I use a silly analogy about how much I hate cilantro oh yeah now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> m- most people like cilantro but they found this is this genetic predisposition that for some of us i think about 15 percent mm. cilantro tastes like soap it's yeah. awful and it <laughs> it takes over the whole dish and we just hate it and so when you're looking at a toxic person spiritually what do they find delicious mm. w- what is an appetizing attitude for a healthy person. Well, Paul lists it in Colossians 3 when he says healthy Christians are wired for these things, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, Mm. patience, and love. Mm. And so we don't always live up to those, but those (laughs) are the people we want to be. I want to be a compassionate person, not a hard-hearted person. I want to be a kind person, not an apathetic person. Mm -hmm. I want to show humility, not narcissism. I want to be gentle with others' failings. I don't want to be harsh. And so those are things where we may not live up to it, Mm -hmm. but that's what a healthy person aspires to. Now, Paul lists what a toxic person has that's the opposite of that, and that's in 3.8 when he says this. They exhibit anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. Mm. 
And what you see with a toxic person, I mean, all of us get angry. Yeah. And all of us, at times, we may have murdered somebody's reputation, but we hate it when we do it. We mm. want to take a shower. We say, that's not the person I want to be. For a toxic person, they're bored if they're not in conflict. Mm. They live to be outraged. It's not like they want to encourage somebody. Yes. They want to assault someone. They are most active. They are most alive. They are most enthusiastic when they're on the war path. And so if you see someone that is having drama with everyone, and that's when they're more alive, not sharing their faith, not encouraging someone, not asking someone, how do you feel? Or tell me about your experience or really coming alive, being curious about someone, but it's always about them. Mm. And if it's about others, they're attacking others. That's toxicity. That's what I call loving hate. Mm. They love to hate. So if you see somebody who's controlling, if you see somebody who has a murderous spirit, there's death all around them. And you see somebody who loves to hate. Those are all signs of toxicity. Now, mm. toxicity is a stew more than it's a soup. And my wife <laughs> said she didn't get this when I first said it. So if it's unclear, Kate, let me know. What I mean by that, a stew, you can pick out certain elements. Yeah. You can pick the meat out. If you don't like the onions, you can get the onions out. A soup, soup everything's mixed together. Mm. So somebody might not seem controlling, yeah. but they're murderous and they love hate. Mm. Or somebody might be controlling, but you don't see the loving hate part or whatnot. And so just because they aren't one of them, doesn't mean they get a pass. Right. If yeah. somebody's extremely controlling, if somebody has just a murderous spirit, if somebody seems to always come alive when they're hating, you don't need to check off the other two. Yeah. Uh, it's not a healthy dating relationship for you to be involved with somebody that's mastering any one of those three. Mm. It will affect you, your self-esteem. It will sap your energy. It will greatly impact your future children being raised in a home like that. It will limit healthy relationships that you can have as a married couple because healthy people are going to want to walk away from toxic people. And if you're married to a toxic person, you're going to have maybe relationships one on one. Mm. It's going to be very difficult for you to have couple relationships, at least mm. those that are healthy. So it's not selfish to walk away from a toxic person. It's a gift to your kids. It's a gift to your future friends. It's a gift to the church to want to be in a healthy dating and ultimately a healthy marriage. I love how you describe all of that and that it's a stew. That did make sense to me because it could have just some, that person could have some of those characteristics and not all of them. And in some ways it can be more subtle, which brings me to like my next question too is, especially with people who are just starting the dating process, you know, maybe they haven't been in tons of toxic relationships. So this would be really new for them, or maybe they have, and they're kind of prone to grasping onto them because they've been easily manipulated. So how do we know, I guess, when going into dating, how do we make sure that we're not judging if someone is toxic just based on one resistance from them, you know, and one interaction or just maybe one or two? Like, how do we balance that? Because I could also see people being like, oh, this person got angry this one time and I'm out. You know what I mean? And just right. in yes. instantly Thank walk you. away. Yeah. So how yeah. do we balance like knowing if they are really, really toxic versus walking away when we see one initial thing that might not, yeah. that might not be great. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought this up and, and this isn't easy. I don't want to pretend that this is easy for those listening, but I think it's an important question because yeah. it, it is kind of an art, but, but it's like this. 
Uh, for instance, let's say somebody notices a, a mother with a child that's getting into drugs. Mm -hmm. That mother may appear controlling. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's toxic control. I think that's concern. Mm -hmm. I still think control is wrong and yeah. control is never effective. But it's not a toxic heart that's leading that person. And it could be the same thing with a boyfriend. You see yeah. a guy that's substance abuse and you kind of want to control him, not because you're a toxic person who likes to control, you're genuinely terrified for the person's welfare. Here's the difference. When we act in a certain way, we get angry or we, we recognize what we're doing and we're saying, you know, I, I want to take a shower. It's not what I want to be. Mm. For a toxic person, what I use in the book with all apologies to Tim McGraw, they like it. They <laughs> love it. They want some more of it, right? Yeah, They're like, yeah. yep, this, this is where I want to be. So um, to get away from the single incident and and to look at, here's some questions I would ask. Mm. If if you're evaluating your relationship over the past several months, okay, not one incident, but you're just looking at it, you'd ask yourself this. Do your interactions with them require long periods for you to recover? Mm. Are you having to recover from your times together and your conversations? Does your relationship with them destroy your peace? your joy, mm. your strength, and your hope. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of, sort of undercutting you spiritually. Are they interfering with your availability for and participation in other healthy relationships? Mm. I mean, are, are they encouraging healthy relationships? Do they exhibit a murderous spirit? Are they controlling? In other words, do you feel manipulated by them on a consistent mm. basis? Like, and maybe they're very good at it and you really don't want to do something that night and you find yourself doing it and you're saying, how did that even happen? <laughs> and, and you look back and say, well, that was a master manipulation. Do you feel minimized by them? Mm. See, toxic people are going to suck up the energy. They're not going to make you feel better about yourself. You're going to feel minimized. And then does the person seem to come alive when exhibiting anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying? Mm. So if, if you're answering those questions and more than half of them or even half of them are negative, then you want to be very careful because mm. it would sound to me like you were in a toxic kind of relationship. Yeah. Those are great. I'm so glad you like laid out practical questions because it's so – I hope people are writing that down right now or rewinding, pausing, and listening to that again because that's so helpful to write these things down as a litmus test to ask ourselves as we're dating because, you know, the reality is like you're saying, Gary, like, yeah, even for myself, like I've probably had a moment of defense and wanted to murder someone's reputation based on how I felt they were making me look, you know, and I've probably maybe done that in, in some moments. But I, there's no part of me that like will sit in that and not want to see, and be convicted from, by it afterwards. So for me, I'll be like convicted. I'll apologize. I will seek because of my teachable spirit, an ability to grow and learn and change from that. And I do think that that's something too with toxic people that typically they're not like going to have that humbleness in heart to say, oh, wow, I'm really, really sorry. And I want to learn and grow. And that wasn't right, you know, because they thrive off of it so much, these different things, they'll probably just continue doing them. Or if they make an apology, it's like a temporary apology. And they don't have actions that follow up with actually changing those things. Because something I did love in the book, though, that you showed like some situations where somebody was toxic, you I know talked about 
this husband and a wife who the husband was controlling and they went to counseling with you and you can explain the story better but through that counseling and really specific boundaries they he ended up changing so there's times too where it like toxic people can become reliable healthy people too right uh, absolutely we need to distinguish between toxic behavior and a toxic person. Yeah. And I even think we see this in the teaching of Jesus when he warns his disciples, I believe it's Matthew 7, 6, mm. don't throw your pearls before swine. Yes. You know, or they're going to turn and tear you to pieces. He would say there are some people that really will even resent the truth and they're going to tear you apart if you try to do it. Others, in the case of this couple, the guy, w what struck me, Kate, what, what mm. tipped me off that there was hope is when his wife laid out all of this controlling behavior, I looked at him and said, is that true? And he said, everything she said is true. It's not who I want to be. Mm. And I thought, well, okay, now you have humility, right? And yeah. God can do great things with humility. And so what we did is we removed all control. He was not allowed to contact her. They separated. He had to go stay in an apartment. She could contact him. He could only respond. And Ultimately, it laid the groundwork for them to be reconciled. And, and years later, this has been tested, yeah. years later, have a very rich ministry. Mm -hmm. And he's still careful. He knows, look, I'm an engineer by nature. I've always controlled things. So uh, there are several stories in the book of people who have come out of toxic behavior, who've learned to leave toxic behavior behind. And that that's different from a person who just lets himself become toxic. And that's mm -hmm. what I would really want to warn yeah. dating people away from because you you have to recognize if, if this person enjoys their toxicity, again, Tim McGraw, not to be yeah, silly, yeah, but no, I like so it, good. I love it, I want some more of it, <laughs> then that that's why you don't want to let somebody control you because you got to figure out, do they still like me if they can't control me? Ooh, yeah. And if the answer is no... <laughs> if the answer is they they can't settle down, then you're in a toxic, a, a very dangerous situation mm. with a toxic individual, mm. and and so that that's where I think objective friends can really help, yeah, uh, to to protect you from that. And that's look what we talked about last time with sacred search, just the danger of getting married in infatuation because right. some of these toxic people are better at being toxic than we are at dealing with toxic people because they've been toxic their whole life. <laughs> and some of them know how they have to hide it a little yes. bit yep. because if they're found out, healthy people will call them out on it. And, and we don't normally, at least I should say I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't looking for toxicity in people. Mm. I, I don't put that label. I don't want to think of somebody that way. I feel guilty mm. thinking somebody's toxic, to be honest. <laughs> and, and, and so I just, that's where I think we need to protect our friends and our loved ones if we see it to speak up and say, look, I know you're head over heels. Here's the behavior I've seen. This is why I think that's a problem. And um, and if you're dating and somebody comes up to you and says that, listen to them. Go over these questions we talked about. They're all yeah. listed in in one of the chapters of this book because mm -hmm. you you don't want to let yourself get manipulated into a relationship I should say into a marriage where you will continue to be manipulated for the rest of your life. Mm, yeah. 
it's so, so good. We need to have that support system and be aware because to your point, yeah, like these toxic people, people who are prone to control or manipulation are really good at it. They're like experts in this area. They're not going to necessarily show those characteristics right off the bat. It's going to take some time to reveal. And that's why it's really important to also have the support team of other people and build it up now to like say, you need to have other people pouring in your life. Like don't be submarine and going under the surface and then popping back up and being like, oh, we're getting married. And everyone's like, who's this person? You know, like terrible thing to do because we have blind spots. And if you are being manipulated, you may not even fully be able to see it. So you need to have other people be able to have eyes in the that you love and trust, to have eyes in the relationship so that they can also help you see and may be aware of the blind spots and, and of the potential toxicity of that person. So, so what, Kate, I want people to see then is as they're aware of the potential disaster of a negative relationship with a toxic person, what you should be looking for in a positive sense is mm. what are their other relationships li- are like? Do they have other yeah. friends that inspire me? That's good. Uh, do they have someone that's investing in them, showing humility that they need sort of a mentor? And do they yeah. have a mentee, somebody that they want to invest in? Those are two mm. very healthy signs that they're receiving and that they're giving. That's the mark of humility. Mm-hmm. I want to receive. I don't know it all, but I also want to give. I don't want it to end with me. I want to invest in others. So are they a giving person? Do they have healthy people? Are healthy people drawn to them? Or are you the only healthy person you know in their life? Mm. If you're the only healthy person you know in their life, then you're probably <laughs> infatuated. <laughs> yeah. And everybody else is, is seen more objectively. Mm. And then, you, oh my gosh, that's so good, Gary. I've actually had to have like really that's like one of my non-negotiable major non-negotiables now is like who are the people in their life and are they being mentored do they have a mentee that they're pouring into because it's like how are we constantly learning and growing becoming disciples of Christ and that's the way we're doing it and a huge way is you know seeking that growth and a toxic person is most likely not going to have those kinds of accountability <laughs> it won't fly if you have a mentor or you're mentoring someone if you're a really toxic person <laughs> And then, and then are they, but I, as, boy, we, we, we talk for hours. I don't want to go on too long. I had a fascinating conversation with, mm. I was at a military mm. setting one time speaking to a bunch of people from the military. And one of the guys explained, he has a very toxic mom mm. and his now wife really helped him. And he told me, and this is not true of everybody that goes in the military. So please, I'm, I'm so grateful for those who served. It was him though, that was telling me this, that he sees a higher percentage of people with toxic parents in the military in one sense, because it gives them a quick out. Mm. They're 18 years old mm. <laughs> and, and they can move away. And if they send me overseas so much, the better. <laughs> and, and, and he talks about men on private salary, which is, almost nothing. I mean, the military basically gives you room and board and a few hundred bucks. And yet these guys are buying their mom's escalades as they're on their third or fourth marriage, you know, that kind of situation. <laughs> and and then the wife can come in and help him see, you know, this isn't helping your mom. And so that that's not being controlling. Mm. That's pointing out behavior saying, I want to help you have healthy relationships and you mm. can't have a healthy relationship with an un healthy 
parent. Mm -hmm. So you don't fault someone necessarily if their parents were messed up, but you want to see that they're attracted to people in healthy relationships mm -hmm. because that same on the base, they might have an officer that's been a mentor to them. And then they might be the ones that are really involved in, in other lives. That's it's so just funny. a caveat. I thought, because when I say that, do they have other healthy relationships? Um, you know, you, you don't choose your parents. Yep. You yep. receive your parents, but one. you do choose how you relate to your parents. Mm, so. mm -hmm. yeah. And that's so good because that's also like a good level to say, even if the person didn't grow up with a great family of origin, like how are that's okay. Like we don't have to judge that, but how are they moving forward, growing today? And how are they living their life, surrounding themselves with people? Of course, they can't just cut off their family completely, but per se, but like, who are they bringing into their life today and how are they learning and growing? And that's even, yeah, I've seen that in so many relationships. Like we need to, even if the fa some family members are toxic, like it's important to see how they deal with that and relate to that those family members and what other people they might have in their life. So don't rule them out just because they may have a harder upbringing or some toxic people in their family, you know? Absolutely. But I do want to see them have victory over that yeah. your your kids and i know when you're single sometimes you're not even thinking this way but the amount of christmases you have when your kids are young is shockingly few mm. in, in the midst of it it feels like it's going to go on forever but but the reality is you might only have 10 or 12 christmases because by the time the older one is 18 they might be off away or college or whatnot and then the younger ones have come along and so if somebody doesn't have freedom from a toxic parent, you have to say, do I want my kids to spend a toxic Christmas or a toxic Thanksgiving every year? Does this person realize that this is a toxic family? Are they willing to walk away? Because if they're not willing to walk away, mm -hmm. our family can't walk away from them. So uh, I, I wouldn't fault them if they had to come from a toxic family. But if they haven't walked away, if they haven't broken from that, so if mm -hmm. they still are guilted into spending an unhealthy amount of time, right? I would be concerned because that's right. going to impact you and it's going to impact your kids. Ooh, this is such a, I mean, we can go on and on about that topic too, because family of origin, there's so much nuance there, especially in analyzing dating relationships. But gosh, Gary, this has been so good and so helpful. I have taken so many notes on my end. I hope all the listeners have, because this is like a re, I'm so glad, Gary, that you wrote this book because we need to not feel guilty and recognizing someone's that someone is toxic and walking away from them because it's actually the best most loving thing we can do for ourselves and to best serve God actually and so I I think that was one of the biggest like takeaways I got from your book is like wow I can stop feeling really guilty about like having to kind of walk away from some people that really are hindering me from my identity in Christ and so there's a lot of like you know there's I don't know the percentage but there's a lot of people who relate to being a people pleaser and I think as Christians, we're almost the worst at being people pleasers because we like read the scripture and we're like, oh yeah, we love everyone, love our neighbor as ourselves. We mean love everyone yes. all the time. And yes. so I feel like we're most prone to being people pleasers or giving over extending grace, you know? And so thank you. Just thank you for writing this book. I hope everyone will go and pick it up, when to walk away. And the last thing I want to just ask you, Gary, everyone gets this last question, which is just, what is your final nugget of dating advice today for the listeners? <laughs> yes. Uh, my youngest daughter has, we didn't know at the time, a gluten sensitivity. Yeah, I do too. And when she would run cross country and track, 
they would have these big spaghetti feeds the night before. And so she would always be sick on race day. (laughs) And we didn't know that until after she got out of high school and into college and whatnot. And just as most people understand that certain foods make you a little bit sick, you just can't be the best you. What I'm saying with when to walk away, finding freedom from toxic people, the same thing is true of relationships. Mm -hmm. You might have some relationships that are just making you sick and you can't race it your best. You you can't function at work. You can't function at church and your friendships and you can't function as a dating person. And what you need to do is walk away from the people that are making you sick so that you can be involved in healthy relationships, Mm. just little things, but it makes a huge difference. Removing the cause of sickness is what leads you to be healthy in every other relationship, especially dating. Mm, That's so good. Gary, this is awesome. I'm so grateful for you today. Just thanks so much for, we'll conclude where to get the your book and the show notes and everything like that. But I just want to thank you again for coming on, sharing your wisdom, for doing what you do and helping us have healthier relationships overall. <laughs> well, thank you for having me back. Really appreciate it, Kate. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, I am such a fan of Gary Thomas. He is so wonderfully convicting every time I get to speak with him. And I have to be honest with you, I had no idea how much I personally needed his book, When to Walk Away. It's been so good, inspiring, and eye-opening for me that I've been telling literally every single person about this book. I cannot even believe the biblical truth that Jesus walked away from people over 41 times in the New Testament. Isn't that like totally wild, you guys? It's true that the best way to love ourselves and to serve God is to actually walk away from toxic people. Toxic people take away from our true mission to serve Jesus. Also, you can't employ normal methods of conflict resolution with a toxic person. It's just gonna make you feel like you're going nuts trying to do that and you're gonna end up feeling so defeated. Needless to say, I hope this was as eye-opening for you guys as it was for me and I could not encourage you more to go pick up Gary's new book, When to Walk Away. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 